Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. She's one of the GOATs from News Channel 5, the homie Cameron Justice. First things first, man, how, how was your trip to Cincinnati and how was the concert? Oh, my gosh, it was incredible. I, so I, worth I, it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so funny. I have uh, never been to... Now, Paycor Stadium, Paul Brown Stadium. Nice. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, this is this is a cool little thing. <laughs> when they're on the road, I just cover it from from Cleveland. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is like a little taste of of you know being at a Browns Bengals game, <laughs> but Taylor Swift there instead. <laughs> Yo, it was so funny because when I ran into you, you was like, yeah, I got tickets. I ain't got nothing else, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just going. So. I'm glad it worked out for you, man. A little vacation, so to speak, you know, before we yeah, get was, wrapped up. It was crazy. I, yeah, I, I bought a parking pass. That's what I had. I had a parking pass. Yeah, a parking and pass. That's, yeah, that's all I had. I was like, I'll figure out tickets <laughs> when I get there, but I just know I'm going, and it, and it worked out. So, you know, I came in today. Uh, this is probably the last time I'll be able to host before we actually go to training camp. And so I thought it was a good day for me to tell the fans what I thought the Cleveland Browns season would be like. And I said, you know, based on everything that I've seen this offseason from the players that they signed, re-signed, chose to, choose, chose to let walk, that they traded for, the coaches that they added from Bill Musgrave to Jim Schwartz to Alex Pelt going back to his role as quarterback's coach, just the whole shebang that I felt like the Browns were more than just a good roster. I felt like that we we're a good team. And I said I felt like – the Browns can go play in the AFC Championship. Cameron, am I crazy? I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. I, I there is no reason for anyone to think less than that because of what they did this off season and the things that they've done over the past couple off seasons. You know, they clearly had a goal when they went out and got Deshaun Watson and, and gave him that contract, and they clearly have a goal of him playing to the level that. I think everyone expects him to, and everyone hopes that he will this year. Aside from that, last season was rocky with you know him shaking rust off and splitting the season with him and Jacoby Reset. Offensively, it was a lot of question marks and, and a lot of disappointment. But the question marks also went across the roster in areas that I think a lot of people didn't necessarily expect, the defense, the struggles that they had. So you addressed it by bringing in Jim Schwartz, right? You've, you've got a new coordinator running the show and hopefully giving you the kind of leadership that 
you need to, to get your team uh, where it wasn't last year. Across the roster, there was holes, you know, that, that didn't perform. And I think they've addressed that in, in, a lot. The defensive line, you know, the defensive tackle is still a question mark a little bit. And, but, you, you know, you go and you get Dalvin Tomlinson, that answers a lot of questions right there. It gives you that run-stopping. You have a, you got Siaki Ika, who you don't know. He's a rookie, but has the potential to really make an impact there. And then across the line, you, you went out and got proven guys you know are going to – you know, have an impact and should have an impact. Like Zadarius Smith, like that's the kind of stuff. Oboe, Okoronkwo, those are the things that there's no reason to think that they should not perform better because they address those question marks from last season. Across the defense, within the offense, getting speedsters, big body guys, sure hands for receivers. I think that's a big thing. And and so I don't think you're crazy because they've done very specific things that we saw them need last year, that there should be no excuse this year for a good performance for the Browns and, and a very competitive team. Well, we have to wait and see, but <laughs> on paper, this team should be able to compete with anyone. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I think, like, you know, when we talked in person, I, you know, I told you pretty much this was coming, that I, I just really wanted to sit back and just see every single thing that they did and then really just make a fair assessment, a non-biased assessment on, on what I felt like the season could be like. You know, when I when I look across the NFL, and I, especially the AFC, we know what Kansas City is. We, we pretty much we know what Cincinnati is. You know, but when you talk about that fringe of – do you have a good roster versus you having a good team? I think Cleveland is right there with Baltimore, Buffalo, and and the L.A. Chargers, et cetera, as far as, you know, why not us? Like, why yeah. can't we get there? And then when you look at the history against the Bengals, we know Joe Burrow got the best of us the last time we played. But if I, if I had to put my money on who would go play the Kansas City Chiefs and it came down to the Browns versus the Bengals, I'm taking the Browns just based off recent history. You know, so I yeah. – Go ahead. No, yeah. The way that they play each other, the Browns have the upper hand. Now, I mean, the Bengals, Joe, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, you know? And so they are, I think the, the Bengals are a, a huge threat for the Browns, yes. But it, then it comes down to what they haven't had in the past couple of years. And, and that it would be Deshaun Watson playing well. And if Deshaun Watson can play well, I don't think there is a question. I think the Browns do compete very well against the Bengals. And then the, the big question marks are, are the very competitive teams, right? Like if you can, if you can play well against the Bengals without Deshaun Watson being who everyone hopes that he will be, then there's no reason that you can't beat them when he is playing that way. And then the question is, you know, how do you play the chiefs? How do you play the Bengals or the, the bills, you know, these teams that, are you know big big threats and you haven't played well in the past how how are you going to perform now that you have the question marks answered and and the holes filled and the issues addressed she's Cameron Justice on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline cam speaking of Deshaun Watson you know you you kind of be around this team a little bit more than I do 
And I know OTAs are OTAs. You know, you can't make too much of it. But when you look at Deshaun Watson, and not necessarily what he's doing on the field, but I know him and his team currently right now, they're in Miami working out, correct? Yeah, they've been working out. You know, at different places all off season. All off season. So, so you look at that. You look at you know the what what he did taking them to Puerto Rico and just being just being around Deshaun Watson. Is he galvanizing the troops as the leader, as so to speak, the captain of this football team? Does he give off that presence that you know he can get guys to buy in and to follow him? Yeah, you know, I think that is something that I've I've seen growing. I haven't seen it. Maybe the way that you would expect yet, but I also doesn't surprise me. This is he's in a he's in a very unique, we'll call it, situation where you know everything that he had to go through and, and deal with, and all the things surrounding him last season, uh, and then going into this season, now you're navigating. How do you come out of that, and how do you? deal with that even though it's it's not a thing anymore for him right he served his suspension uh that's that is over for him in that regard he's still dealing with some things um in texas but that is literally off his plate but how it hovers over him and how that is still affecting him mentally remains to be seen i i think that he's probably navigating coming out of of dealing with that um but the the way that he is super friendly with all of his teammates right the the way that he's hosting these things that's the first step and that's what you've seen his leadership start to blossom and i think the more that he does that right and through training camp the more that he you know finds his guys knows and like gets that gets that role of, yeah, no, I'm your starting quarterback, and that starts from week one this year, <laughs> not not after, you know, 11 games. Like, this is, this is it. And so I think once that starts happening, it ramps up. Right now the leadership is – what I see has kind of blossomed is him, you know, getting guys – like Anthony Schwartz, making him feel, you know, better after some rough goes, talking to them on the sidelines, connecting with them, getting to know the guys hosting these things. I think that the kind of leadership that I'm still waiting to see and that will probably happen, you know, in training camp and develop is that that little bit more of a a fire, that that leadership, that dominant, I'm the quarterback, this is the team, this is what we want to do, and and that kind of role. But right now you can see – different steps in different forms of leadership with him. And I think that the rest will come as, you know, the season approaches. I get, I think I get what you're saying. And it, it, to sum it up, like we're, we're waiting on that. I'm him moment. Like I'm him. I get, mm-hmm. I get exactly what you're saying. That's it. And that's exactly what we're waiting on. Speaking of him. So before you jumped on, you know, a couple callers that were calling in, we on a situation and they feel like that this season is going to be just like last year, mainly because they have zero faith in Kevin Stefanski as a head coach. And, you know, I'm trying to calm them down with the with the inside track of, listen, the players play hard for this man. The organization respects Kevin Stefanski. Do you believe Kevin Stefanski is the right guy to lead this team to, to a Super Bowl? I do. I thought that when they got him, uh, obviously there have been some disappointing moments throughout the season. Uh, but I, I think they've largely done a good job of – 
doing what they need to do to get the most out of what they're given, right? Like there are some things that you just last year was uh, was one of those examples where I think it shows and people weren't happy with the results, right? Uh, but if you look at the grand scheme of last year and you see what Kevin Stefanski was able to do, look at what he was able to get out of Jacoby Brissett. They didn't win as many games as you wanted, and there were some really bad moments. And those are things that he definitely needs to grow in, and I think he's probably very aware of it because, yes, he's been with this team. This is his first head coaching job. So this is a learning thing for him too. Now you want to see him do better in critical moments, those high-pressure moments, fourth downs, you know, in the red zone. Those are some areas where, you know, I think that he has struggled. Uh, But in – Overall, and you look at what he's been able to do, Jacoby Brissett playing the way he did, Kevin Stefanski can bring the most out of a quarterback and bring the most out of an offense. Baker Mayfield in 2020. Now, there obviously were circumstances, injuries, all that stuff in 2021, and bad decision-making. I think Kevin Stefanski has what it takes to get the most out of an offense and his idea for what an offense needs to be to win games is exactly what the Browns need in order to compete. I think defensively now with Jim Schwartz, then you you bring in a guy that not only has a very good defensive scheme, but has a roster built already around what he wants to do and, and kind of, it complements what his vision is, so it makes it easy to implement. So, yeah, Kevin Stefanski helped, like, helped with Jim Schwartz, and now you've got Bubba Ventrone, which is like a heart and soul of a special teams guy with some Browns ties. I think he's got some more pieces around him that should help show off what he was starting to show off in 2020 uh, and what he should show off this year. But I think that from what I've seen from him, that that coach in 2020 is there. It's the circumstances that have kind of unfolded around him has maybe not necessarily been able to get him where to that point where, okay, yeah, he's, a, he's a solid coach, but he needs a good season learning from these mistakes. But I, I do. I think that – I don't think that he's like you – know, the issue here. I think there have been other issues, but now it comes down to you've addressed this issues that we've talked about previously. Now, how do you, how do you go out there and lead this team and what are the results? And we'll see this year. Yeah, we definitely will. We got time for a couple more. Uh, I I was reading something today uh, earlier this morning when I first woke up and it talked about, you know, if Nick Chubb can become, it was from a fantasy football perspective, but I I thought it, it made me think outside of the fantasy football scope he said if, if Nick Chubb becomes more involved in the Cleveland Browns passing game than he was running back one as far as fantasy. And I remember hearing Deshaun Watson say when asked, what's different about this offense? And he said everything. This, this new offense, will it feature Nick Chubb more in the passing game, like more on third down, so to speak? It feels like it might. I mean, again, everything that we have seen is it's early, it's installation, it's just like the technical stuff through minicamp and and OTAs, right? This is not the the bread and butter of what they're going to put out there on any given Sunday. But Nick Chubb has been out there catching more passes from Deshaun Watson in seven on sevens and eleven on elevens, and to me that feels like indicative that this could be something that they go with. And I talked to Stump Mitchell about it 
And he was like, no, he's always done this. <laughs> he was like, no, this isn't, this isn't new. Uh, but then he said, you know, like, Asked, I asked him, you know, is this something that he's working on? Is does he want to have, you know, that skill set of being a a better pass catching running back? And he said, you know, Nick Nick will catch any pass. You just don't see him get a lot of them. Well, you know, that's very true. That's very fair. <laughs> like we we don't see that opportunity. And so you, you always thought, you know, Kareem Hunt as that guy, and, and Nick Chubb not so much. But the more he got that, I mean, he has the, has the opportunity to, to get those passes. Yeah, if, if he's got the skill set, why not? And I think that's something that they're kind of playing through right now, uh, through practice, through training camp and OTAs and minicamp. I think maybe we'll see how that unfolds. But from what we've seen early this offseason, it looks like that's something that they might go to. And it makes sense because if he can do it, let him do Nick it. Chubb is the king of stiff arms and breaking tackles and, and and think that's the kind of thing that like that can elevate your run game and it kind of answers some questions around Kareem Hunt not being with the team right now like there 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 you have that like Nick Chubb can also pass it so like you're good so yeah. no I do think that I think that's something we might see more. It'd be interesting to see. So we're going we to get you out of here on this. And I know uh, Double A, Anthony Alford, uh, he kind of brought this back around actually because you went to see Taylor Swift in Cincinnati. The whole stadium talk has, has been a big talking point at, at different points uh, throughout this offseason. And we don't really know how close, how much closer we are to, you know, renovations on the current stadium or a brand new stadium. I really don't care about the land bridge that they want to build over Route 2. All of that right there doesn't make a lot of sense. But to you, in your opinion, how realistic is it that the Cleveland Browns will get a new stadium here in Cleveland? You know, new, I don't know. I think new is the biggest struggle. And it makes it's, – it's the biggest struggle and the easiest solution at the same time. The biggest struggle because you have to have some place to play while you're building it. And you have to have somewhere to put the stadium. And that's the question marks around it. But in order to completely renovate the stadium, you have to have somewhere to play. And these things are going to take time. Plus, the things that they need to fix, uh, you know, at Cleveland Brown Stadium might not be something that the renovations can address. So a new stadium seems like the easiest, but yet it's the hardest solution. I know you just dogged the land bridge. Listen, that land bridge could be cool. I am all about it. I want that. I I want – I do – listen, I just – you go to so many cities that have, you know, like a a cool waterfront. Like I I just keep – I think back to like Seattle. When I went to Seattle, it was like my dream city. Loved it so much. And their entire waterfront, boardwalk, businesses – I mean, obviously the, the the fish throwing market. <laughs> you could do that with some walleye up here, but yeah, you have this just incredible waterfront, this giant Ferris wheel, and you have that in so many different cities that have lakes, that have ocean front, and and we have a giant lake. It's a lake, but it's a giant lake. It's a, it's basically an ocean, and there's nothing that indicates that we have cared about having anything on the water. And so, yes, I want the I want the land bridge because that's the step to developing that lakefront. And then I would love the Cleveland Brown Stadium to be there because how cool would that be, right? Like, 
Like Lumen Stadium is right there, yeah. right on the water. Such a cool view. I can hear the Cleveland Brown Stadium right there. <laughs> but I'm, I, I literally, I, I, I die for this. I love this. I want so badly to see that area just come to life and be cool because it's you park on Brown's game day and you're right by the water and it's just so cool, but there's nothing else there. There's nothing there. And it's like, you just go and you leave. I go to my car and I leave. And I, so I would love for stadium renovations at that same area. And I know I'm going to leave you on this note and it's probably going to stir some controversy. Uh, I'm team dome. Like I want <laughs> renovations <laughs> to include uh, some coverage of the stadium or tractable roof would be sick. Uh, but that's what I like. That's what I envision as like what Cleveland could be in terms of the city, how it incorporates its major sports teams and, and venues and the things that could happen there if they are able to do that. But I don't know how close it is because it is a lot of work, a lot of money, and a lot of trying to figure out how it actually works out. Appreciate that. And as always, Cam, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking time out your day and joining me, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.